the way you have no idea what I have in store for you, the month of February was truly just beyond my expectations. So many wild things have happened. I can't wait to tell you all about it. I got my drink of choice, which is um, H2O. I'm giving you exactly five seconds to go grab your beverage of choice. And then together, we're going to dive in to the second month of my new year. And I promise you, it's truly wild. I've done so many things. <laughs> Here we go. I am getting old, whether I like it or not. So uh, to rely on my memory will be a rookie mistake. So here I have my handy dandy Muji journal, which I've talked about, <laughs> which I've went on and on about. And I promise this is not sponsored. I wish it was sponsored. I mean, it was only like, what, 1900 one. So like about like a dollar, a dollar fifty. So it's affordable. I can't. I'm an independent woman. I can fund my own stationary hobby. So what was I talking about? <laughs> Hold on, backtrack. Picking up where we left off last time. I told you about my DPR regime experience. Told you about my obsession with the Burger King's new Chicken King sandwich. Well, that is all past us now. We are moving on to mid-February and this is where we've left off last time. So since then, I've prepared and busied myself with two weeks of continuous initial training for my job. So I believe, maybe I've mentioned it before. If not, I guess I'll mention it now so that it makes sense later. But basically, I am a trainer for one of the curriculums that my company offers. So I became a trainer in, well, Wait, I became a trainer last winter and since then I've observed one week of training and then taught one week of training myself. So at this point I've only had like two trainings under my belt and um, at the time in mid-February I was still doing like intensive classes for my regular job. So ever since, ever since, ever since I came back from the States I've done four weeks of round one intensives and then immediately three weeks of round two intensives, which there was like an overlap in between. Then immediately, I could not even like have a breather. <laughs> immediately, I was slammed with two weeks of just training. So it's been a while since I first like learned how to train. So the weekend before my first week of training since 2022, I went on a, uh, I went on like a cafe spree. Well, usually I learned, I finally learned to be honest with myself and that I can't be productive at home, especially with like editing or preparing something that's so serious that requires a hundred percent of my attention. I learned that I have to go to a cafe or just outside to be productive. So I invited Taro. I was like, hey, um, I want to be productive this, this weekend. Do you want to be productive with me? And at that time, it was like, what? Mm -hmm. February 12th. And I was like, mm. <sighs> do you have any suggestions? <laughs> and then Taro, Taro was doing what he does best. He found this cafe 
in like almost like a middle of the woods. But giving you a little bit of context, that cafe was like a forest cafe, but it was like adjacent to this neighborhood. I think in a city that's south of where I'm currently living. So we drove there. And then when we got there, we got there really early when they first opened. It was like at nine or 10. Nobody was there. And you just have this pristine, just beautiful view of one side. It's just like floor to ceiling windows facing the forest. And then on the other side, you see this like small playground areas that I guess the neighborhood kids can play soccer in and then outdoor tables that people can just chit chat. I love that cafe so much, but unfortunately I had to divide my attention to like prepping for my training week. It was so intense. Like I tried so much to force myself to focus. I had a massive migraine. I think it was partly also due to just the sense of nervousness because I haven't done it in so long. I just have this fear of, you know, what if I fail my trainees? Because my job is to prepare them for their first week, right? And then eventually they, you know, pick up everything along the ways. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be that one trainer where they feel like, oh, it was a waste of my time. I didn't really learn anything important. I didn't want that. So I guess I put a lot of pressure on myself. But that day, basically, that's what I, that's, that was all I did. And then I went home and I was like, you know what? I need to sleep because I have to wake up early for training. So the training schedule is as follows. So on Monday, I would have to wake up from, ooh, Monday was 10 to 12.30, which was mildly okay. And then from Tuesday to Thursday, it's from 8.30 in the morning all the way to 12.30. And then on Friday, which is their final evaluation day, it goes from 9 to 12. But because um, the training group I had was so big, we had to extend the workshop time. So instead of ending at 12.30, every day it kind of ended at like 1. But, you know, for me, at first, even though I was very pressed about this training session, because to be honest, I didn't want to do it. I wanted a break right after intensive classes. Come on. But I was really not in the position to back out. <laughs> so I did it and I was just so incredibly blessed to have like just a fantastic group of people. They were really, you know, respectful. No one was really causing any trouble. There were no big issues and luckily both groups passed. And I guess they seemed to have liked my training sessions. So I guess that was a win for me, but that was like a big part of my February. It was just training in the morning, prepping at training in the morning, going to work in the afternoon and evening, arriving home at 1130, eat, prep for my classes, prep for my training, wake up at 630, get ready for training, do the training, go to class, come back at night, eat, prep. Like that was it for two weeks. And then I'm like, I kept telling myself, you know, if you can do it the first time around, then you can do it the second time around. And then when I finished the second round, I was like, you know, if you can do it twice, you can do it a third time. That was what was really like driving me through my training week. And then another beautiful thing that happened to me was um, Audible. <laughs> this is not sponsored, I promise. So I signed up for Audible not 
as a consumer, <laughs> I signed up to be. I wanted to try out to be like a voice over person. And in order to do that, you had to make like an Audible account or something like that, and it was linked to Amazon. So in the beginning of February, I received this like promotional email saying, "Hey, you got three months of you know Audible Premium on us. Like you know, every month you receive a credit, and、uh, you can you know browse our category and see if you like anything. Just go ahead and pick it up." And at the time, I was trying to I was trying for like auditions on different books. But I've done maybe like two or three, so really not a lot at all. However, they've all been rejected. So I was like,、hmm, I mean, maybe I should listen to audiobook and see, you know, how other people narrate. So I signed up for Audible, and then the next big question came, like, okay, what is going to be my first book? So of course, I go to like the top selling part、uh, chart, and there was Prince Harry's book, right, Spare, and then. Matthew McConaughey, the the Green Light, and then Little Life, and of course Atomic Habit. So I clicked on all of those, but when I listened to the when I listened to the narrator, I just really I'm like, come on guys, <laughs> I just really didn't like the voice. So then I did what I do best: I go on YouTube to ask for help. So I went on YouTube. And then I looked up, you know, what are some good first audiobook? Because this is my first experience with audiobook. I've never consumed audiobook in the past. So eventually, after many many videos, I came across this person who recommended like a very light heart read. So it's called、uh, "The Confessions of a Forty Something F Up." So I also share that mentality, you know, minus the fact that I was not yet forty. But I do feel like that I'm some kind of an f up. So I thought,、mm, let's see if it's available on Audible, and if it is, I have a free credit anyways. So I found the title, luckily, and then there were—I don't remember if there were two narrators, but I just click on the first one, right? And it seems like it had a really high rating. I went to the review, and then people were saying that you know it was—it was very. Lighthearted. They didn't expect how the story unfolded, and the narrator was great. So I listened to the sample. I think maybe it was about like five minutes, and immediately I was like, "Hmm, this is something I could listen to." So like,、oh, when was it? Ah, February seventh. I downloaded that book, and then while I was prepping for my class, while I was cleaning, cooking lunch, while I was in the subway, just overall, whenever I had free time. I kept listening to that book. That book had like what eleven hours, and、um, I finished it on Friday. <laughs> so I started on Tuesday, and I finished it on Friday, and that really blew my mind. So I know some people read very fast, and they just consume book like it's freaking tortilla chips. But、um, it was a win for me. <laughs> First of all, I never thought I would like audiobook, and secondly, I just—it's like. Ever since I started listening to that book, there was this desire to read more. So I downloaded like a new ebook, which is what I'm currently reading right now. It's called Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Amazing! I wow! I loved that book so much. I'm still reading it on my Kindle. And as for physical copies, I'm reading Norwegian Wood, but it's like in Chinese. 
And then there's another book that I was reading called, what was it? It was like A Man's Journey, but again, it was a Chinese book talking about like census and how that correlates to our sense of home. So like he was talking about like, um, you know, when we talk about taste of home and it's like a real thing, you know, like why do we miss that taste of home is because of like he talks about different concepts of what marks a person's what is it hometown and like his argument is that we don't have a hometown we just carry everything with our with ourselves with our souls and then the things that we lose along the ways are the things that we miss them i'm trying to translate from chinese to english which i can't even do that from english to english because my brain cells can't handle that. Um, so excuse me, bear with me. But I have been reading maybe like three books. I'm, and I'm just alternating one chapter. So I would finish one chapter here and then read another book. And now, oh, I was also reading like a poetry book. But it, again, it's translated and I don't know the person's English name. But it was not an English poet. Anyways, all you need to know from what came out of Confession of a 40-something F-up is that it rekindled this love for reading again. And I was ever so grateful because one, that book itself had a great story. It's talking about this lady, you know, who returned to the UK after calling off her wedding with her American fiancé after failing her business. And then she's just stuck in this limbo space, you know, trying to figure out what is what is my life going to look like now that I'm stuck in this state. I'm not married. I don't have a family. I don't have kids. I don't even have a proper job. So what what's going on in my life? What can I do? Then through like a very odd chance, she got an offer to write an obituary for someone who passed away. And then that striked up a very interesting relationship with an 80-year-old widow and then, you know, as they are building their friendship, her life is changing. And it's just like a documentation of what happened to her in the year. So everything is done in kind of like a diary slash podcast. And you just hear her talking about all these things that not just 40 something year olds go through, but it could be relatable to anyone in any stages of their life. And it's, you know, being talked about in a very lighthearted way but it also carries its weight in your heart and then you are pulled with the story but please listen to it if not read it it's a really great read and I highly doubt that it will be a waste of your time it was the best thing that happened to me in February like since 2023 happened and that's a that's a lot I mean just read more you know you eat food Let's give your brain some food as well, food for thought. So the audiobook and then that forest, I mean, the cafe in the forest and um, my training week. And oh, yes, of course, you know what people do best when in times of distress is uh, they like to pursue therapy, but not, you know, not all are done in like a certified way because mine was retail therapy. <laughs> So during the second second training week, I was kind of losing it. I was so tired, a little bit de- delirious. And um, 
I was kind of breaking down. And I thought to myself, I am going to buy myself a mechanical keyboard. <laughs> so I never really owned a mechanical keyboard before. I've only borrowed Taro's. And I liked how it felt when I'm typing. And it made me want to use my computer more. So I thought, you know, I every single week, every single day, I have to write these like performance report on all the people I've trained. Why don't I make my, you know, what is it? Why don't I make my training week more enjoyable? Because luckily, thankfully, I'm getting paid for it as well. So I thought $100 something keyboard wouldn't hurt. Plus, I would use it all the time because I'm editing and writing reports. So I found this one that I kind of sort of liked. I went on YouTube trying to see if there were many um, reviews. But I think it might be like a regional specific product so that there weren't really a lot of um, reviews in English. But instead, I got a lot of ASMR, <laughs> ASMR product reviews. So I was like, you know what? So sounds kind of okay. And I figured out which kind of switch that I wanted. So it only offered the red one. So I'm assuming that's cherry. The red one, the blue one, or the brown one. So the tactile one. And I like, I like the tactile switches. So I, that was the one I went with. And I think I made an okay choice because I still like the typing experience. I like the way they sound. And um, the price wasn't too ridiculous because I know how mechanical keyboards can you know start to cost a lot depending on what you're looking for and yes i do like the way some keyboards sound like but then you need to like lube them and you need to use like hot swab switches i'm like i'm i'm not there yet i just want a keyboard that's all i want i'm not trying to be specific about what kind of keyboard it is what kind of switch it is what kind of sound it is as long as i like to use it it's fine with me so uh, yeah, I, I pursued a <laughs> retail therapy and I got myself my very first mechanical keyboard. And that was the third best thing that happened to me this month. And then came the last day of my training, which, <laughs> mark your calendar, it was on February 24th. Yeah. So, which is like one, two, two days ago. I was so... So, so happy. It felt like this weight left my body. It felt like half of my soul just took a PTO and went to outer space. <laughs> that day, I remember clocking into work, um, having all my reports already typed on Google Doc. All I had to do was sign into the portal and just paste everything, gray them, and then I could finally sign up and said, I am done with training week this term. So the winter term came to a close this Friday. And then starting next Monday, I would do my um, spring term. So that happened. It was a great relief. And something heartwarming ha happened too. It was like what, on Tuesday of last week, my friend made me a bento. So because of my commute and because of just like the tight window between when my training ends and when I need to be at the branch. I didn't really have time to cook. So I've been getting like these egg, egg mayo sandwiches from the convenience store, plus like one roll of kimbap. So that's what I ate five days of a week. <laughs> um, 
during training week. And my friend was like, do you like pasta? I was like, yeah, I like pasta. She's like, okay, um, I wanted to surprise you, but you seem like you're spiraling right now. So let me just go ahead and tell you, I made you lunch. And I was like, you made me, you made me the sandwich. So she made me like this red sauce pasta, like chicken pasta. And it was delicious. Okay. I was very grateful, almost cried, but that was also something that happened to me that was very heartwarming. I was like, I didn't expect this. You took the time to do this. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. So that happened on Tuesday. And then yesterday was... Yes, I can't begin to tell you what happened yesterday. So get this. You know, everyone has a bucket list for their life or for the year. And for me, one thing I really, 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 really wanted to do was um, was to go skiing. <laughs> so I, I'm from somewhere that's really hot and um, we don't see snow a lot. So when I came to Korea, I thought to myself, you know, finally I have access to snow. I really want to try skiing or snowboarding. And it was something that I wanted to do since last year, but because I missed a window last year, that never, like, an opportunity did not present itself. And then with this this year, January, I was way too busy. There's no time. And then February, I was still busy. However, you know, there were pockets of opportunities that I could insert this wish in there. But I also wanted to go with Taro. So eventually we found a day that would work for both of us, which would be this Saturday, the 25th. So I told Taro about it and he said, well, let's see when the uh, ski resorts close because that's the only place that you can go skiing. And it seems like, you know, the season is coming to an end by the end of February. So I thought, you know, a good way to motivate myself would be to go to the ski resort the day after I wrap up training. So we booked it. And it was only like 80 for four hours. And then, you know, additionally, you have to rent the gears on your own, but they weren't too, too expensive. So let me walk you through what happened yesterday. So on Friday, I came back from work. It was the last day of class. So I had to bring a lot of candies for my kids, pass out the candies. I received some, some heartwarming notes from them. And then I began packing for the ski day. We're only going to be there for a day, but I still wanted to be pre prepared rather than underprepared, especially it's going to be my first trip. I didn't want to mess up. So I looked up some videos on what to pack to go skiing, as well as, you know, some beginner's videos on how to, um, how to do, how to skate, skate, whoa, how to skirt, how to snowboard. So I decided that instead of skiing, I wanted to do snowboarding. I, I don't know that sounds... It just seemed more fun and I've skated before. So I thought that it would be an easier transition. So I was looking up videos while I'm packing. And um, after I finished packing, I confirmed like, you know, when are we going to meet up tomorrow? And Taro said, okay, how about I pick you up at 930? And then we'll make like the hour-ish drive to the ski resort. And then we'll do maybe like four hours of skiing. And then we can have dinner and then we can come back. So I was like, cool. So I set up my timer. Timer. Jeez, who am I? Chef Boyardee. 
I set up my alarm for 6.30 and then um, I went to bed. So I woke up before my alarm because, of course, because I was excited. I also couldn't sleep, I think, because I was excited. So I couldn't sleep until maybe like 3 in the morning. <laughs> Don't ask me what I was doing. I was just tossing and turning and then looking at the clock saying like, oh my gosh, another hour have passed. I really need to go sleep. I can't be not focused tomorrow because a lot is on the line. So I woke up at 6 and... Um, I changed. I cleaned my room a little little bit. My room is still messy and I need to clean after this podcast. I fed Uni. I scooped to poop. I threw some trash away, which I got yelled at downstairs and I couldn't comprehend what I was getting yelled at for. So I just kind of tucked my tail between my legs and came back upstairs. And then 9.30 sharp, Taro comes by. I got us some like protein shakes and then uh, we gassed up and then we drove to this ski resort place. So before we actually get to the place, we had to stop by like a ski shop to rent our gear because we had nothing. I mean, we had like paddings on, we have hoodies, we have pants. And then with, um, I was also wearing like innerwear because I knew it was going to be cold. But that was not enough because, you know, we're amateurs. What do we know? So we stopped there and then... Um, at this ski shop, they were renting snowboard skis as well as, you know, gears like paddings and then s- snowboarding pants that you have to wear. So we were looking at all the selections and we're like, mm, I can't. It's so many things to choose from. Then one rack, it was just like full of overalls, just like a onesie. And I'm like, you know what? That seems easy. Let's go ahead and get that. So we rented two pairs of overalls. And it came with butt pads and knee pads. Now, funny funny confession. I didn't know it was for my knees. So originally, I wore all my elbows. <laughs> and then when we were in the car, Taro was asking me, oh, did you put on, did you put on like your pads? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my butt pad. And then um, I got my elbow pads. He was like, okay, cool. What? Elbow pads? I was like, yeah, you know, the two separate ones that they gave us, they asked us to change into. And he was like, no, those those were knee pads. I was like, oh, okay. So in the car, I try to like shimmy out of the onesie. And then I pull the quote unquote elbow pads and then replace it on my knees. So we got geared up, went to, um, went in the resort. Um, then we walked to kind of like the ticket booth. So we already booked it online. All we had to do was to get the ski lift pass. So we went to a kiosk. We got our ski pass. Then we walked a little bit more. And then we went to the basement floor to get our um, snow boots as well as the actual snowboards. So we went there and um, I usually wear like 240 centimeters, centimeters, probably centimeters, excuse me, millimeters, not centimeters, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 240 centimeters. Jeez, what am I? An octopus? That's taller than my own height. Oh my god, I can't laugh because my shoulders hurt. Okay, I usually wear 240 millimeters, okay? However, 
the snow boots usually run short, short, small, <laughs> short. <laughs> I'm losing my brain so. <laughs> they usually run small. So after we, you know, we got a number and then we got a call to the booth and then we got our boots and I tried it on and I told Tara, I was like, um, can I please get like a size up? Cause it's a little bit too tight. So I was like, okay. So we went back to the counter and changed it to 250. And this time it was still tight, but a lot better than before. I just didn't want to inflict unnecessary injuries on myself. So we got there, we changed, and then we actually had to get cash. I didn't know, but, um, we had to get like a dollar fifty in coins to use the, the lockers because obviously we didn't walk in there barefoot. <laughs> so we had to put our shoes in one of the lockers, and then um, we got our board. Then we walked into like the actual slopes, and there were one, two, one, two, three. Ooh, whoa, one, two, three, four, four slopes. The left. Furthest to the left was like the advanced slope. It was hella steep and really scary and not many people on it. Then the middle one, the second to the left, was the intermediate one. And then the third from the left was the beginner slash intermediate one. It's still kind of steep, but with a lot more people and they seem to be comfortable in what they're doing. Then there's the one furthest on the right, farthest on the right. And that was the beginner one, like, I guess the bunny slope, whatever you called it. So I was like, okay, first of all, we are beginners. Let's not try to run before we can crawl. So I told Taro, I was like, let's remember what we watched from the videos. Let's try from the far, because he wanted to do the third one. He wanted to do the intermediate and beginner one. I was like, we don't know jack poop. Like we got to practice first before we can do that. And then I told him, I was like, this is why women live longer than men. <laughs> I'm like, my goal today is to not get seriously injured. Cause I've seen and heard so many news about people seriously hurting themselves, you know, while they were skiing or snowboarding. Cause you know, it's just very easy with inertia, laws of physics. Hello. So we took the lift up to the, that was my first snow lift, ski lift experience. And I am afraid of heights. So is Tarl. So when we were, <laughs> when the lift was going upwards at like the half midway, yeah, the midpoint, it kind of stopped a little. And then we were like, oh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I was like, don't look down, <laughs> don't look down. And then I told him, have you heard of those stories where people get stuck on the ski lift and then at night, the wolves will come out and just like wait at their feet because thinking that they're going to drop down and they can have a sweet meal. And he was like, can we not talk about this right now? So we got on the slope. And then first few times around, like I remember what I learned and I was just trying to be careful and taking, taking it slow. And I would love to, I have to thank my parents for this. Thank you for their genes. Luckily, it didn't take too, too many tries until we kind of sort of figure out the basic function, the basic controls of how to snowboard. So we had a four hour pass and then like the first two hours were spent on the bunny, bunny slope. It's the, the beginner slope. We got, we learned how to do the hill, heel stop. Like we're just trying to go down horizontally 
then we learn how to break, right? Then eventually how, how to sort of turn. But um, during the process, I would, most of the time, I felt, I fell harder forward than backwards. So I, first of all, I made the mistake of wearing butt pads where my butts actually were. But um, when you fall, you you don't fall on your butt. You fall like, you know, the the area between your knee and where your butt is. That is where I hit the ground. And my butt pad was literally doing nothing. So... So after we, you know, after we finished skiing, like all the adrenaline washed away, I was feeling pain. I was like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to wake up with like purple butt because I've done nothing but just slam on my ass today. So that was that. But when I fall forward, um, I usually use my hand to stop myself to break the fall. But I, first of all, I didn't bring gloves. And luckily Taro brought two pairs of gloves so I was able to use one of them but get this they're not the ski gloves that you're thinking about it's like the freaking um fabric one <laughs> it's like a mitten and basically it has no padding so my palm was just directly slammed into the snow every single time now at the moment I was feeling the high I was feeling the rush like the adrenaline was going through my bloodstream and I was just drowned in the pure joy of my dream come true. You know, this was one one thing I really, really wanted to do. So every time I would get slammed hard, I would literally eat crap. I would bounce up, but with like a smile with my face. So, so to other people, I probably look like a maniac because I would just tumble and then immediately like, that was great. Let's try again. But the repercussion of that was my palm, my right palm was purple. <laughs> and I didn't notice it afterwards, right? So I kept falling, but eventually, you know, we, we learned, we got the gist of everything, but we also got really hungry and really hot because we were sweating. We were trying to learn. There was a concession stand, kind of, a kiosk where you can order food next to the um, ski slopes. So we went there, we got like an iced tea, we got an iced latte, and also kind of like a hot dog thing, but it's not a hot dog. It's like, you know, the... What do you use to make croissants? Puff pastries wrapped around like a really long hot dog sausage. So that's what we had. So we fueled up a little bit after two hours. Then um, Taro suggested, you know what? Like, why don't we push ourselves a little bit? Why don't we do the intermediate beginner one? And I was like, um, I don't know. Like, it's still, it's a lot steeper than the bunny hop, obviously. And I was like, oh, I don't know, but, you know, you're right. If we spend this much money, might as well, you know, make the most of it. So we started trying to do that. And because the distance is a lot longer, you know, we were able to ski longer as well. So it took about like 20 minutes to get on, get through the lift because at this point we went there early. But towards the end, it was like at like two to three. And then people started showing up. So the lift took longer. And then 
Skiing all the way down took 20 minutes in the beginning because, you know, we were still stumbling and then there were a lot more people this time and then they were a lot more experienced. So you just see them zoom, zoom by you. And I don't want to crash into anyone and I don't want to be in anyone's way. So I'm just being careful and try not to like fall too many times because at this point, there were a few falls where I legit tumble. I think maybe like two times, but my shoulder and my right hip, right shoulder and right hip hit the ground. And then at the moment, I already felt like pain, like sort of like a stabbing pain. Like I couldn't really, I couldn't really lift it, but I knew I didn't dislocate it. Maybe like I tore a muscle or something, but it wasn't something too, too serious. So I was already like aware of that. And then although I try my best not to run into someone, I think the last hour on my way down, I collided with Another person who's probably a pro because he was literally talking on his phone. And then I accidentally ran into him, but not full impact. So I was already breaking, but it's like, you know, in the process of breaking, it ran into him, but he also fell down too. Like he was in the process of falling down and then I ran into him. So immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? And he was still on the phone. He was like laughing. He was like, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm good. And, um, then Taro came down and he was like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He's okay too, luckily. But towards the end of our sessions, I was able to have more fun. I think for my last trip down, I was able to only fall like fall slash break twice only. So I was able to like finally navigate. I could, I could, what's the word I'm looking for? I could turn. <laughs> that sounds so basic but I could turn without falling over and I could I did like a little zigzag motion I was like oh I'm feeling good about this but you know eventually all things all good things come to an end and then our time was up so we did our last round and then we filmed each other took some pictures then it was time to leave so that was when like all the adrenalines washed away and I'm like that was probably the best day slash weekend I've had since 2023 and then we were cleaning up and we were exhausted like our socks were soaked and they were stanky because from the boots and I was like oh my gosh I don't want to put this I don't want to stuck my feet into my shoes because it was all nasty and stuff but we didn't really have a choice however we did remember on our way here because the ski resort is a little bit you know far out it's actually a place called Gongjiang. if you're familiar with that name it's probably from that scary movie so there was a scary movie about maybe five six years ago it's like the Gongjiang asylum and um, that's how i knew that name so when taro told me that he booked that place i was like um isn't that like that movie that we watched so fun story when i was in college that was when Gongjiang came out and I had to stay overnight at the library to study for my exam. And um, there was a point where I was getting so sleepy, but I knew I couldn't sleep because I still had a lot more to study. So I decided to take it like a brain break. And I went online and I found like a stream for the Gongjiang Asylum. So I watched that movie in the hopes of like staying awake but I ended up watching it twice. I don't remember why. It was so addicting. 
but I watched it twice, and I remember feeling very scared because of it. Excuse me. Ooh. So I was like, "This is this is a flashback I didn't I didn't expect." So we went to the um, Uniqlo that we saw on the way. And then once we pulled up, we we're like, this is like in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of creepy. Like, do they even get business here? And then Tara was like, oh, maybe this one gets like additional discounts. We we're like, well, we got wet socks. Um, might as well go check it out. So we went inside and um, I kind of semi splurged, but I haven't really gotten clothes recently. So it was sort of justified, but I got these like olive Baker pants, I I trust Uniqlo U-Line with my entire heart. And I tried it on and I was like, I think I like what this, how it looks on me, how it feels. And originally I was going to get a pair of jeans that I found. But I saw the Baker pants and I was like, this one screams character. And I want something different into my wardrobe. So I decided to stick with that as well as like a white half mock turtleneck and then some heat tech innerwear that was on sale because you know winter is about to end and then oh at the checkout so usually you know like a lot of self-checkout you just put the item there beep the tag and then you you know select your method of payments and then that would be it at this unique okay i don't know is it because i haven't shopped in a long time and the system have changed while i was away from the game but um they had this area the kiosk were attached to this like hollowed out space so imagine the kiosk is on the left and then on the right there's just like this dip and then basically it prompted us to put all the items that we were holding into that hollowed out space and they will automatically register which item it was so at first i was skeptical i'm like do they really know so we were trying to like we were finicking with it and then the shopkeeper basically came over and was like, oh, you just need to put all your stuff in there. So we did and automatically register everything that I was carrying. Then we paid. And then on the left hand side, there were this like knife karguksu. So like, you know, like a knife cut noodles. What do you call it? Yeah, basically like a noodle shop. And it looks really traditional. So Taro was like, well, I'm waiting for my jeans anyway. So he got a pair of jeans, but they needed to make some adjustment to it. So we were waiting for the tailor to finish doing whatever he was doing. So we were like, okay, let's just you know have dinner here. So we went in there. The price was extremely affordable. And the noodles, oh my gosh, the chicken, macaroni with the chicken. Like it was, the chicken was great. The noodle was great too. So we ate there. And then I don't know if it's because we were so spent from snowboarding all day, almost all day, because we left at 9.30 and then we left in the evening-ish. The food just felt extra good. Like we had a, one cold noodle and the one hot noodle. And it just, and what, four dumplings? Two kimchi ones, two like regular meat and veggie one. It, it just hit the spot. And then we struggled to drive home. And once we got back, I passed out in five minutes. Apparently I was talking and then I stopped talking. 
And then Taro thought I was keeping up with whatever he was saying. And when he looked at me, I was already gone. I was clocked out. I, I left the lobby. <laughs> so I slept really well. Then I woke up this morning at 6.30. Because why? Well, my body probably thinks that, hey, Julie, you got to get up at 6.30 to prep for your training week again. Little did, little did my body know I was done with training. So I woke up at 6.30. And I remember at seven o'clock, there was like this Twitter event at seven. It was for the <laughs> hashtag save warrior and then 10 million tweets, celebration space, whatever. So the showrunner and one of the actress, they were going to read the script together, one of the um, deleted scenes together. And I guess my body also remembered that. So I woke up early enough naturally to attend that event. But um, Wi-Fi was so bad, I decided to quit halfway. Then I thought about being productive. So today is Sunday, and tomorrow I start my new term. So brand new set of classes that I have to refresh my memories on, and I also need to prepare for those classes. And originally, I intended to prep them at night because, you know, procrastinating. But since I woke up early, and since the training schedule just, I guess, shaped my mentality. I jokingly told myself, you know, why not just do it now? I thought about it. I thought about it again. And I was like, okay, let's, let's try with one class and see how it goes. So I went on the portal. I looked at my textbook and I was like, okay, this one doesn't seem so bad. Let me just prep some, you know, supplementary material. Then I was done with that. I was like, while we're at it, let me just let me just prep this whole lesson. So in the blink of an eye, I finished prepping that lesson. But then I teach two classes tomorrow. So I was like, my second class is a high-level class. That's going to require a lot more brain cells, brain juice, and just more of my attention. And I was dreading to do it. I didn't want to do it at all. So I was like, uh, I mean, Taro's still not awake. So... What else are you going to do? Are you going to play games? No, that's going to wake him up. Let's, how about this? You've already taught this level before. Let's go ahead and find the notebook that you had from last two term, two terms ago. So I went into my little drawer and then I found a notebook. I was like, okay, I found a notebook. Now what? Then I was like, let's, let's look at, let's just look through your old notes. You don't have to prep right now, but let's just look through it and see if you remember. So I looked through the textbook and I looked through my notes and I was like, oh, okay, I remember what this is. Then I sat down, I was like, ah. since I'm looking at my notes anyways, maybe I could just, you know, copy my own notes and write it on my new notebook. So I use like a separate notebook for every term that I have. And then I prep my notes, um, my classes on that notebook. So I started not really recreating my notes because I didn't really like the way my old notes were structured. So I sort of spent some time in restructuring my notes. And at this point, I was unconsciously already prepping like halfway through. Then Tara woke up and then we were thinking about, okay, so what are we going to do today? So I was like, okay, should I stop now and finish the rest at night or should I just keep going? I kept going. <laughs> Because I was like, we're, we're in too deep. So I was like, you know, give me a second. Let me just finish prepping my notes. So I finished prepping for my Monday class before 9 a.m. And I was so surprised. And also, you know, quite pleased with myself because I was able to maintain that, you know, productivity as like a rollover baggage from training week. 
So after that, we kind of just、um, went over what we wanted to do, what I wanted to do today. <laughs> so I really wanted、um, Taro's help because another thing I've decided in the midst of suffering was that I want to finally, you know, get my prescription renewed. So I have my glasses for I think since twenty nineteen. How many years that? Twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Four years ago, right? The way I have to count my fingers for that. So four years ago, and I thought, obviously my eyes sight have worsened because things are getting a little blurry now. And I thought it would be a good chance to、um, just get a new frame. And you know, while I'm at it, then why don't I get? A checkup as well. I also wanted these like blue light protection lens because my current lens does not do that. And I'm starting to realize, you know, if I were to continue with this training job, then I'm spending a lot of times in front of the computer. Hence the headaches that I've been getting. So you know, I should protect my eyesight, right? If I'm getting paid for it, might as well take care of myself. So I told him, you know, I wanted to、uh, go to this store. And I want to purchase one of the lenses that I have been eyeing since December. So in December, last December, when I came back from the states, my U.S. friend actually came to Korea. So we spent like a day together. And towards the end of the day, she wanted to go get a pair of aviators from Gentle Monster, which is like a contemporary brand in Korea, like an eyewear brand. But they're kind of expensive. <laughs> so the Aviators that she purchased were like two eighty nine. Ah, yeah, maybe two eighty nine thousand Korean won. So in US, I think she only pay like two thirty minus tax. So while she was there, I was kind of looking at all the other frames, right? I'm, I'm trying it on, and then I realized I liked one of the frame. It's called Eddie. And I took a picture of it, and I told myself, you know, you know, maybe like when I renew my glasses, I could use this frame. You know, in a sense, it felt like a step up from my old frame as well, like a step up in my life. Like I'm taking care of myself, and then I'm investing in quality things. And I would say that even though the price tag is kind of hefty, it is a very good, it's like really good built. It's like metal frames. And then it feels very light, blah blah blah. X Y Z. You get the drill. I'm not gonna try to sell you this frame because I'm not getting commissions from this. So fast forward, when I found out how much money I was going to get for my tax return. So, I mean, most of my tax return money was going to go towards my student loans, anyways. But coupled with the amount of money I would receive from training. There was like enough room for me to squeeze in a frame there, so I thought, you know, it's not. It is expensive, you know. I won't lie; it's a big purchase. I've never spent that much money on on a frame before, but I feel like you know, I I I'm at a position where I should be taking care of myself in things like this. It's not like I'm spending it on. Something I I won't use as often. I literally use my glasses every single day of my life. I barely use contacts. One, my eyes too small. <laughs> I'm monolid. <laughs> like contacts don't they just feel very uncomfortable. And I guess I also don't have the confidence to wear contact lenses. I don't think they look good on me. And I guess I like this 
comfort zone created by wearing glasses. So I thought it was either going to be that, the glasses frame, or it was going to be a pair of Doc Martens that I was eyeing when I was in the States. And I thought to myself, you know, currently I don't really need shoes, nor do I want shoes. And if I get a pair of glasses, again, it's going to be a useful buy. So I decided to go with the glasses. So this morning, um, the original plan was to go to Gentle Monster and was to go to an optic shop that carried Gentle Monster. So the thing is, because it's, I guess, it's semi-high-end brand, usually you'll see, you will see the counter at like a big mall, like Latte Mall or Shinsege. But the thing is, when I walk in, like you see freaking Louis Vuitton and then Chanel, Gucci, I feel very like this social pressure of I don't belong in this class, yet I'm trying to shop in this area makes you feel very awkward. And I was like, I don't feel, it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I didn't want to be in that space when I purchased these glasses, which is why I was like, okay, great. I remember this optic shop, optic shop, optical shop that carried some of their products so we can go there instead. But our plan kind of changed because we were going to have lunch together and we were going to have braised beef soup. And it was a place that had like a Michelin star or it was on the Michelin guide. So we decided to give that a try. But the thing is they closed at 2.30. And given the commute from where I was and where that noodle shop was, it would be best if we go to that place first and then go get my glasses. So we went to that place, had some bomb braised beef noodle soup. Like it was, I won't say it's better than what I've had in China. Because obviously just, you can't compare that. The ingredients, you know, where the products, where the, yeah, where the ingredients are grown. It plays a lot into how a dish tastes. But it was definitely one of the best that I've had. Given the price point, it was only like, Thirteen fifty per bowl. I was like, this is great because I went to this another this other place for my birthday and it was supposed to be dim sum. And they're supposed to have like one or two Michelin star, but I went in there, spent a lot of money and received a whole lot of disappointment because it didn't live up to its hype. And I was like, what where is the star coming from? You know, maybe the chasu bun, but not enough to pay $8 for it. <laughs> so after we grabbed the meal, I also wanted to get like this wood bowl from Muji. Because in the previous week, while I was preparing for this training week, I decided to go to a cafe. And that cafe, wow, that was the best Starbucks I've been to since I came to Korea. It's called Starbucks 1960. And it's basically like a renovated Starbucks. And it used to be a theater, like old school theater. So it was very, it was very spacious. And because of that, you know how when you go to Starbucks, they call out like numbers and they call out names when your drink is finished. They have to use a projector to project your name onto your name or the order number onto the walls. So you will come down like, how many flights of stairs? Oh, I want to say 30. 
it's like an actual legit movie theater. It's really big and it's full of history. I would definitely recommend you to go visit if you're in Korea. But basically, I spent a whole almost half of a day at that Starbucks. So I left. I woke up at 6.30 that day on a Saturday. And then I got ready to get there when they open. Because I figure it's going to be very busy. So it would be best if I get there before they open, right? So they open at 9. And I showed up at like 8.45, given my commute. It was already a long line waiting outside. So I'm like, dang, Koreans are so serious about cafes. It's not even a joke anymore. So I waited in line. And then at 9, when the doors opened, I was lucky enough to get kind of like a booth to myself. It was like a corner booth. So I stayed there. I edited, I prepped all the way until maybe like two or even three. I couldn't stay there anymore. One, I was losing my mind. Two, my stomach was losing its mind. Like I got my go-to order, which is a blonde hazelnut latte, as well as a croissant. Because I thought if I I was going to stay there for a long time, then it's worth it to get some pastries I guess so that was that and then afterwards I thought to myself okay I wanted to have a productive slash chill day so I've done the productive half what do I want to do as like the chill portion of it well I've always wanted to visit Muji again because I got my you hear this ASMR I got notebooks from Muji before and I really 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 like the paper quality so when I write on it really makes a world of difference so I wanted to get maybe like another pocket note so I looked up Muji's near me and then there was one about 40 minutes away so I took the subway and and eventually I got there it was like a half Muji half bookstore it was like YP books which is one of the biggest bookstores in Korea I think And then on the left, it was Muji. So I was like, oh my gosh, perfect. Two birds and one stone. Because I always, excuse me. I also wanted to visit like a stationery store. Because I needed to get replacement uh, pen sim. I know it's not called pen sim. But I've been in Korea for so long. They keep calling the, the inner part of a pen or a mechanical pencil. They call that sim. So I needed to get that. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I got the sim from the regular bookstore and then I went into Muji to look for pocket notes and then I found this passport memo so I decided to get um, get it and then use it as my gratefulness journal so I've written down all the things that I've grateful for thus far in February and I hope to continue to do so until I fill up all 24 pages it's, it's very cute, and I'm starting to like pocket notes more and more. One, because of, you know, the, what is it, portability of it. I can take it wherever I go, and it will fit in a crossbody bag. And two, it's just ugh, this paper quality. I just really love their paper quality, and I wanted to get a notebook that day so bad, but I didn't want to get one of the same notes that I have because, again... I'm not even done with this journal. I don't want to waste money on another one if I'm not finished with this one. So that's why I decided to go with this dark navy passport memo. 
And I'm almost done filling up my first page, but we're also almost done with February as well. So if you, if you want to bear with me, let me read you all the things I'm thankful for in February so far. Number one, getting stationaries at Muji. <laughs> of course, that's the first thing I've written down. Second, visiting cafe. So the Starbucks 1960. And I, it was something that I saw on Instagram. It was like suggested to me. Um, based on one of the traveling Instagram account I follow. And I, you know, I thought about visiting, but then I was like, I didn't have a definite date in mind, but that was also the day where I thought, you know, why can I have both? Why can I be productive while achieving, while visiting places that I want to visit? So that was the day I decided to, you know, hit two birds with one stone. Third thing I'm thankful for in the month of February was waking up early and having a fuller day. Aha, yes. So I was in the teacher's lounge one day and then I was prepping for my classes. But, you know, no matter how focused I am, my ears still function and it's, it would still pick up conversations around me whether I like it or not. So one of my coworkers was talking about um, going hiking and then I, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, okay, they're probably talking about hiking on the weekend. And so was the person who was having the conversation with her. And then, he, and then she was like, no, like, let's go hiking before work. And then in my mind, I was like, oh, I could never, first of all, girl, I'd be dead. I'd be so tired. Two, what time? But then this person was like, you know, I like to have the pressure of time. It forces me to, you know, stay with my schedule and I can make fuller days. And I thought to myself, yeah, I should live a fuller day myself as well. Because so what that I live far away? I shouldn't let that get in the way of making my days half full. So I started waking up early and then utilizing that just tiny chunk of time to, to do things like prepping classes or um actually cooking myself breakfast so I, I feel like a, a real human throughout the day. Third thing, third thing, no, fourth thing that I'm thankful for is making surprisingly good sandwiches. <laughs> so while I was in training week, um, I didn't have a lot of time to prep things. So my fridge was a mess with like a weird collection of everything. And one day I just thought, you know what? I have a lot of tomatoes. I have eggs. I have... um bacon. Why don't I just get some ciabatta bread and make a sandwich? So in the beginning, I got baguettes and I've been eating baguettes with like olive oil and uh, what is that vinaigrette? Balsamic vinaigrette. And I really like that. But I was like, let's, let's switch up the bread a little bit. So I got ciabatta bread. And um, even though it was very messy, like it didn't look like a regular sandwich, but um, with I smeared pet. I wanted to say Pepto Bismol. <laughs> I I smeared what is it? Pesto on the wow! It makes all the difference. I love pesto, and I didn't I didn't think that I would love it on a sandwich like that, but it works wonders. And so yeah, I was grateful that I made um, surprisingly good sandwiches. The next on my list is kind of cut off mammoth coffee. Ah, so. In the past, I had this habit of, this bad habit of ordering coffee when I get to work. But in the morning, I've already made a cup for myself at home. So eventually, I started 
cutting off going to one of the coffee shop called Mammoth Cafe because one of the reasons why I kept going was their affordability. But then they kind of, you know, inflation took its course and I was like, oof, I cannot be spending money like this. The, um, like one cup of coffee costed like a th- 360 that is the same amount of money I pay for one carton of one liter milk. So I was like, I got to cut this off. So I started making coffees at home. And eventually that habit just slowly dissipated from my life. So I don't really go get coffee at work anymore. I'll go with my friends. I would tell them that I would go for vibes, but I wouldn't go there to get coffee for myself. The next thing on my gratefulness list is reading. I am reading again, thanks to audiobook. Yep, that. Confessions of a 40-something F-up. It's credit. All credit goes to that book. Next, waking up early without alarm and getting to sleep in. Aha. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, my body is slowly registering that I need to be up at 6.30 with or without my consent. <laughs> Next one is buying fruits that I want to eat. Splurging on strawberries. Oh, fruits are so expensive in Korea. And one day... I think in the middle of training week two or three, I was tired of the junk I was feeding into my body. Uh, Whatever I was eating, I could not taste it. Like physically I could taste it, but it had no emotional value to me. And I thought, I need to take care of myself better than this. And then at the time I really wanted to eat strawberries, but strawberries were expensive. One box was about like 10 bucks. So I... But the bully and I was like, you know, you're getting paid for training. You need to take better care of yourself. No, health is wealth. So I bought one box of strawberries and one box of blueberries and then one box of yo plate plain yogurt and bananas. And I think the whole thing together cost like $20. <laughs> but it felt good. Like in the morning, I would cut up one banana, maybe throw in like chop up four or five strawberries and then a handful of blueberries and I'll spread some chia seeds and then honey and I'll mix it all together and I'll eat it 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 won't make me feel full but I felt cleaner if that makes sense so yeah buying strawberries and splurging on fruits was one of the things that I was grateful for it was a conscious choice that I made next one do (laughs) doing a little dancey dance after breakfast true one time I woke up And I was feeling different. So I had some scrambled eggs, bacon, and I put it in a burrito. No, I put it in like a big tortilla. And then after I finished it, even though it wasn't like amazing cooking, but I cooked for myself and it was something different. It was like solid breakfast. So I was happy about myself and the choices I made that day. So yes, I did a little dancey dance after making my breakfast and eating my breakfast taco. Next one. I should have put salsa in there. Anyways, next one. Um, 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 um. Having a friend who made surprise bento for me because training week. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Next one. My plant. Oh, bird of paradise. Sprouted like a new leaf. Yes, true. Oh, whoa. It's so big now. It's like a size of uni. Wow. So I had this plant. I believe it's called bird of paradise. Birds, birds of Paradise? I'm not sure if it's like in Korean and I don't know what is it in English officially. But I had that plant when I moved into this place. So like almost two years ago. And um, 
It has a total of one, two, three, four, five, six. Six leaves now. All the other leaves, except the new one, looks like they're on the verge of unplugging the life support. But this new leaf, this new giant leaf gave me hope in life. I'm like, first of all, I didn't expect you to have the capability to pop up another leaf. Secondly, that is a gorgeous leaf. Please don't die on me. <laughs> I would do my best. Um, I will try my best to protect you from Uni because she has knocked you over like three times this year alone. I'm so sorry. I apologize on her behalf. Next thing on my list is the tingling sensation. After I went to, I went to two court. <laughs> I went to the tennis court alone to play tennis. There's a tennis court adjacent to my apartment building. It's kind of like a community court. But um, in the morning, all the way till 6, it's based on reservation. And then afterwards, all the way till 10, it's, you know, first comes for first serve. So in the past, I've tried to go there alone and maybe only like twice in my entire life. And I was scared, you know, when I see someone else there, I feel intimidated and I don't want to be a bother. So I never really visit it as often as I liked but one thing I did before my very, very first training week was that I felt so tense. The night before, I went to the tennis court alone and I just practiced serving and then I played against the wall. And it made me feel really good because tennis is one of those things where if I'm playing tennis, I forget all about my worries and it's always a happy feeling for me. So I thought to myself, you know, on Wednesday night of, I don't remember, was it? week one of training this month or week two of training this month, I decided to just go and I went and I played tennis there and I felt really, really good. And I felt it was really cold. I was only out there with t-shirt and sweatshirt. So the tingling sensation was from work, I guess, playing tennis as well as, you know, just from the sheer coldness. But it was a good feeling to, to feel after like a, a week and a half just mind-numbing training sessions. Mm -hmm. Next thing on my list. Ah, being able to bear my honest feeling and talk to Taro. Yes. So there was something that I felt in the middle of this month. Like I felt a sense of jealousy as well as... What else did I feel? It was like a sense of jealousy, like discontent or something like that. And I was debating, you know, should I tell... Taro about this or should I just try to di digest on my own but I think one thing that came out of this relationship was that I became more honest and vocal about how I feel as a person as a couple so I called him and then we talked on the phone a little bit and he basically you know he was very wise and he helped me broke down my feelings and kind of validated that hey it's okay to, to feel that way and it's perfectly normal so I'm just grateful that I was able to be honest, like 100% honest with him, even though it's like negative feelings. Next one, fortunate to have met kind trainees for my trainings. Yep, exactly. The two groups that I've had this month, they were all really kind. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you and say, I'm oh, I'm always prepared for my training or I always feel like I'm in control. There's always this sense of uncertainty and I get really... I get very nervous, you know, when I'm presenting and 
when we're nervous, we tend to skim over things. But I try to be, I try to slow down. And then, you know, eventually after first round of training, second round of training was a lot better. But there are always chances where you just meet these trainees, these people who don't want to abide by the rules. But luckily, I didn't really have someone like that. And all my trainees were able to pass my training. So I I felt very fortunate to have them. And they also, you know, told me that they were lucky to have me too. And I'm like, yo, the feeling is mutual, my, my friend. Okay, next one on my list is the one I just rambled on about for almost 30 minutes. Ski and snowboarding day was everything I hoped it to be. So amazing. (laughs) So amazing. (laughs) And then next, something I added today, right? Yep. Gentle monster new frame and updated eye exam. Expensive, but good investment. Yep, we'll see about that. Uh, I pick up my frame. I couldn't pick it up the same day because my left eye was significantly worse than my right eye. And apparently I am like a right eye dominant person. So um, my lenses were going to be different in thickness. But one of the options that I picked was um, to kind of, what was, what is the word? To make them similar in size, but that is a process that is going to take a week-ish. So he told me that once my frame is ready, he'll message me. It'll probably be like Thursday of the upcoming week. So we'll wait for that. Lastly, getting that wooden bowl from Muji. Ah, yes. So um, when I went to Muji to get stationaries, I saw these like wooden plates and wooden board and I really wanted it, but I couldn't justify it. But then I realized, you know, the following week, I was eating a lot of yogurts and cereals and they the portion fit very awkwardly with my eating utensils, like my bowls and stuff, because I don't have a lot of bowls. I only have one tiny, like kind of like a tea plate and then one tiny bowl, one half bowl, which is not deep enough for it to be like yogurt thing. And then this giant bowl for pasta. So if I use the small bowls, it's not enough. It's not enough to hold the yogurt and the fruit. If I use the large bowl, then the portion size starts to look funny and it subconsciously tricks me into eating more because the bowl is bigger so I would have this tendency to to fill everything but then that's way too much I'm trying to be mindful of what I consume and how much how much I consume and not to tap into that too much gene that I have so I thought since we're in the spirit of (laughs) self-love and ruining my budget why don't we just go to Muji and see if they have a bowl and if the price was reasonable. Now, I found these bowls. They're really nice. They were, they were really nice. I will not lie and tell you they were not nice. But they were also $14. I mean, if you convert it to US dollars, probably like $13. But I was just looking at all the bowls and I was looking through all the patterns of the bowls because each bowl, they, they had different patterns. Eventually, I settled on one and I thought to myself, okay, Julie, this is your yogurt slash cereal bowl. You buy this bowl, you eat healthy, okay? So I bought that along with some wafers. Oh, yeah, where's my wafers? Where are my wafers? Oh, it's it's far away from me. But um, I got a bag of snack and then that wooden bowl. 
And I, I would say that was, you know, mission accomplished. I did, I did what I wanted to do this week. I accomplished a lot in the month of February. Everything felt like a whirlwind, but I'm so glad it's, it's over soon. In about one, two, three. Oh, one, two. <gasps> in two days, we're done. Oh yeah, this this year we only have 28 days in February. That is wild. And then we're going to transition to March. And March is going to be a busy one too because Taro's birthday is in March. But luckily I've already purchased his gift. So it is for him to struggle a month later because my birthday comes after that. <laughs> so after, after I got his gift, I was like, okay, finally, I don't, I don't have to worry about this anymore. And I'm like, it's time for you to struggle with mine. He's like, so what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I don't know. I don't really, I don't, honestly, I don't really have something I want specifically. I do have somewhere I want to eat, which is like a pasta store, pasta store, Jesus, Julie, pasta restaurant that we went to. And I've been to twice. Once was like a farewell lunch with one of my previous coworker because he was going back to America to get married and, you know, just move on with his life. And then second time was, was it for our anniversary? I don't remember. But there's a bad memory attached to it because that was the first day that Taro got his car and also the day where he got into two consecutive car accidents with me in the car. <laughs> so we have a lot of PTSD attached to that restaurant, but their pastas are undeniably good. So I'm hoping to return to that place once again, this time by subway, not not with our own, you know, we're not going to drive there anymore. The roads are tricky there. Parking is difficult and, um, you know, bad memory, PTSD. So there's no, there's no need to push that. There's no need to push our buttons on a happy day. But yeah, that's that for the entirety of February. I can't believe I managed to pack so many things in one month. I mean, I'm happy about it because I rather for my months to be busy than not because I've I would feel like I'm wasting my time but at the same time you know personal project wise I haven't really made a lot of progress it is almost March and I've still yet to finish my freaking homecoming video I need to get on that I need to get on with that I need to edit more in the morning you know while, while I while I have my downtime and mark my words, I will upload it by the end of March. Knock on wood. Yeah, that's that. So yes, thank you for tuning in to the 64th podcast of my chaotic life. I hope your February was also productive and chill and you were able to heal yourself from old scars and pre prepare yourself for new journeys ahead. We're only two months in, so if you haven't achieved a lot of the goals that you want, it's fine as long as you're conscious about your progress, as long as you're making the effort to, you know, do something about it. And I hope you too will strive to live fuller days because why not do things that are good for ourselves together? We can be like sisters in arms. But yeah, other than that, I... I should go to sleep. <laughs> it's almost my quote-unquote bedtime. I'll go to sleep. 
But first, let me clean up this messy room. My air purifier is going off. Are you trying to tell me that the air is dirty? Okay, listen, I can't really open the window because micro dust be just through the roof right now. But yeah, I'll get on with my other task in my life. I hope you are eating well today. You know, eat well, live well. Don't forget to remind your loved one that you love them today. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to share whatever adventure I will encounter in the month of March. And of course, March of Madness. So I have, my expectations are high. And oh yeah, I'll definitely update you with my new lenses and stuff. So take care of yourself and I will catch you next time. Bye. Oh gosh, it's not stopping. That's like life. Uni, no! Uni!